0: Uh, This morning, uh, we're going to do things slightly in a different format, Um, partly as looking at our series about what it means to believe and belong within this community. We had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago where Roger uh, outlined to us some of the vision that we sense that God is calling us into to be involved in creating and curating and also uh, challenging and uh, we had that sense of the sort of future where we're heading together as a community. And that's something that we'll continue to explore. And we've got a meeting of the orchestra, which is everybody who sees this church as their home is taking place. Uh, we can choose. They will gather together. And that'll be another opportunity for us just to scope out that vision of where we're heading. But we also wanted to give an opportunity to explore today... Uh, something of what we consider to be a value within our community. It's not the only value, but it's one of them, and that is creativity. Now, some people would say that when you're exploring organizations of people, whether it's charities, businesses, schools, universities, colleges, families even, that when you're exploring values, that you sort of say, this is what we would like to be like, you know? And other people would say, well, values are, this is who we are. This is what goes on. This is what happens. And we want to do a bit of both of that today. One is to say, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is the heartbeat of who we are, but also what we aspire to aim towards. And the way we're going to do that is I've asked a number of different people just to share their journey of creativity, the process that they've gone on in their discipleship, in their walk with God. Some will talk about their vocation, some will talk about their current experience, some will give us a whole life story of a journey of creativity, and we're going to do that in different ways. In a moment, Juliet and then Neve are going to come and just share their story uh, individually, and then I'm going to interview some people And then James is going to sort of finish off with sharing his story. And then Jenny's going to help us understand a little bit about what God says in Scripture. So if I could ask Juliet to come and share and then Neve will follow on afterwards. Thank you. Round of applause for Juliet.
1: Hello. (laughs) Um, I've titled this imposter syndrome, (laughs) which I'm sure many of you will understand. So... I think it's something that stays with you for all of your life, really. Um, But God can use it, so don't worry. (laughs) So um, the question Phil asked me to talk about was what is my creative process? Um, I think there might be some things coming up on the screen. Oh, oh, some elongated puddings. (laughs) They look bigger. That's good. (laughs) Um, So how do I work? Well... I don't know, because I've never really thought of it as a spiritual process. But then after this question, it made me start to think about it in more spiritual terms. So firstly, just on a practical level, clients request an event and I dip into the ideas I have for food related to their preferred theme. A bit like the pictures of the food up here. I think my mind is sort of like a constant thing of slides that, you know... (laughs) I just think of, I don't know if any, any of you watched, used to watch Sherlock, but remember he used to dip into his mind palace. And he used to grab, I don't know, it's like grab things that are in your mind. And God is a God of creativity, so I believe that God put them there. Um, sometimes they're other people's ideas, which I pinch like a magpie, and sometimes they're my own, but they just, they stay in my mind, and then I sort of dip into them when I need them. Um, sometimes I hit a barren spot, and then I have to really pray for some inspiration. And even worse, sometimes I close to, uh, come close to making really big mistakes. So many, I can't even begin to <laughs> catalog them. Uh, for example, just a few weeks ago, um, I'd given two waiters the wrong dates for a very important dinner in Westminster. And I was if check- they hadn't arrived. I was cooking away. I thought, oh, it's only an hour to go. They're not there, so I thought I'd better check my phone. Saw on my phone to my absolute horror that I'd told them the week later. And this was an hour to go till the dinner, and this was a very important person. <laughs> anyway, a- absolute panic ensued in my, but then I thought I have to really believe and trust in God here because you, you know, I thought you've put me here, and for whatever reason I'm here now, and if I, if I don't deliver this, then that could be it, it could be curtains for me, because I can't go in in my chef's gear and serve the food and deliver what's being asked of me. So after I stopped panicking, I thought I'm just gonna phone the two waiters. These two waiters are always booked up weeks in advance, almost impossible to get, they're like the best of the best. Anyway, I phoned, they both answered their phone, which was amazing in itself at that time of the evening. And they could hear the desperation in my voice. I said, I've made a massive boo-boo. Can you come and help me? Can you come tonight? One lives in Mitcham. one lives in um, Ealing, which is not that close to Westminster. Amazingly, they were both free. Amazingly, they both got there 20 minutes before the guests arrived. Anyway, I just... (laughs) To me, that actually was a miracle because it, it... In any other time, it would have been impossible. You know, I've tried getting these people with weeks' notice and haven't been able to get them. So that's just an example of where I feel God is with me. And I know many of you, sometimes you'll have something you feel you've bitten off more than you can chew. And you think, I can't possibly do this. But I just say to you, just trust in God, because he is much bigger than all of us. Um, There have been so many occasions where either human error or adverse circumstances have nearly ruined the event. Um, I can think of battling through taxi strikes, um, marches. In the last 20 years, they, they come with regular occurrence. And it's almost like I get in the van and it hits you, it's like a wall, you can see it coming. The taxi strike no access for 2 miles around westminster the march 2 minutes just before you're about to arrive marching right across where you're meant to go into and you've only got 2 hours before you've got to deliver what you've got to deliver but every single time god has been with me i can't tell you it's it's incredible so when you hit an adverse circumstance i would say just you know like cat was saying during the praise call on god Call on the name of Jesus. It's powerful. And tell your friends when it happens. Let it be a memorial. It's a big witness to people you know who are non-Christians to tell them how, when they say to you, I'm not very good at quoting scripture and stuff like that, but if somebody says to me, how do you know God's real? I say, look, I can't, I can't tell you why there's suffering in the world. I can't tell you all the things that go on, but I'll tell you where God's real for me. And you can see if I tell a story like that, they are quite amazed because they think, mm, yeah, that is, that's is—that's quite incredible to get those two waiters or whatever. So um, I would say God is my senior partner. Jesus is my senior partner. So when I'm traveling up at 5 a.m. or something in the van up the A3, I never know quite what I'm going to hit. And I don't take it for granted because there's adversity out there, you know, whatever, whether it's spiritual or just... The, the way of the world and my senior partner's with me and I have to hold on to that and I couldn't do it without him so I would just encourage you all for anything that you've got coming up just call on him call on the name of Jesus it's powerful um, and just finishing there I just say that also as far as the imposter syndrome goes firstly believe in yourself <laughs> You know, because maybe a lot of people have been told all their lives that they can't do something. So believe in what what God's given you, but also give um, honor to God for what he's given to you always and point it back to him. So whatever it is that you've been given, and everybody here has a gift, everybody, just thank him for it. And when you come up against something that you think is too big for you, don't be frightened to push through and just ask for help in the name of Jesus. And that's that's it, really.
2: <laughs> Hello. Um, you're all very kind. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Terrifying. Okay. Um, so. I think my relationship with being creative is actually not always the most positive. Um, I've been, so most of the creativity I've done has been throughout school. So my whole educational background is in art. It's in photography, lots of film photography. I actually have such a big love for it. But then I've been slammed. (laughs) My work's been called boring. It's not been called good enough that I've not done enough of it in the right way or that I've done too much of the wrong things. Um, I don't know every time I had a critique from a teacher it was just like oh it's good but it's not quite there Um, and I really cared about the work I did because I felt like it was the only gift I really had like my brothers they were sporty and like really clever unbelievably clever like maths my brother went on and did maths at uni amazing but that just wasn't me art was my thing and then when I went to pursue that I was being given every single signal that art wasn't my thing. And then it just completely discourages you. It discouraged me. And it made me not want to do art for a really long time. It made me not want to try and draw, try and paint. And I realized that I really cared about what people thought of what I created. I really cared about it being perceived as something beautiful. And I realized, actually, God doesn't give us gifts to discourage us when we use them. He gives us gifts because he loves us and because he wants us to exalt him. And he knows that words can't always do that perfectly. So he gives us something else to use. And when I used it, I really cared about people's opinions. And those people didn't always love God. My teachers weren't Christians. (laughs) They didn't know what it meant to me to create artwork. They just knew that they had to... Tick boxes, and that's okay. That's part of the role. (laughs) Um, But now I feel like God's allowed me to let go of that. That actually, my work doesn't have to be perfect. What I produce doesn't have to be beautiful because the end product doesn't negate the joy that I had in the process of getting that end product. (laughs) Like it doesn't have to look beautiful. It just has to be something of what God's talking about. And a lot of when I was in pain, a lot of the work that I produced was really ugly, like really messy, lots of pain everywhere, nothing really of any coherency, nothing you'd want to see put on a wall or in a place of worship. But it was something that me and God were working through, and words weren't appropriate for that journey. Um, And now I feel like it's just let go. And then now when I do artwork, it doesn't always look good. And it doesn't have to look good. <laughs> it just has to be me and God being together and producing something. And the journey of that is just as worthy as whatever end product it is. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any encouraging words I have for anyone. <laughs> um, but art is fun. <laughs> it's a good time. And when God gives you gifts, he gives it to us so we can use it and not hide it. <laughs> um, I'm definitely a hider. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I hope
0: that's <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Could I ask you to give a round of applause, please, for Steve Harding, Neil Hadock, and Tom Fisher, please. Woo! Thank you, you're wonderful. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. I give you that microphone to share you and Great. Um, some would say that this is our version of a boy band. Um,
3: Taking bookings.
0: My, uh, my yes. reflections this morning at half past five when I was having my breakfast was uh, this is not one direction, this is wanting direction. Um, <laughs> And due to our average age, uh, the logo on the merchandise would be WD-50. Um, so, <laughs> Would you like... I, I worked hard at that. Yeah. Uh, would you, <laughs> that's my creative process for this one. Um, would you like to just introduce yourselves and what is it that you're involved in creating? So just take one at a time.
4: Uh, I'm Steve. Um, creativity shows up in my life in most things, but... Uh, parenting, uh, music, mental health, uh,
3: and worship. Uh, I'm Tom. Uh, my medium is uh, wood and music. I think, um, yeah, I create uh, a lot of things practically, but then artistically with the music as well.
5: Yeah, um, my name's Neil, and um, I run something called Prayer which is a combination of two words prayer and landscapes, and um, me, together with Julia, we, t- we seek to create uh, inspiring places for prayer, uh, and we express that through uh, making videos, uh, creating soundtracks, uh, writing songs, and then we publish that on the web, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, that kind of thing. Great,
0: Neil, just to go back to you, what? If you're looking at the creative process within Prayerscapes, what helps or hinders you in that process?
5: Um, so I think that one of the things that really helps me when we when we are creating something new is to see that idea or the nugget of the thing that we've got at the beginning and see it as a little seedling um, that, and kind of nurture it and care for it and allow it to grow in the way that it wants to grow. <laughs> I think sometimes in the past, I've kind of looked over my shoulder and seen like a, a successful song over there and thought, ah, I need to bring those ideas in and make it into this, or, or try to shoehorn an idea into a project or something. Whereas in fact, I think one of the things that I've learned is the importance that every art that we create is unique, just as we are all unique. and allowing that to take its shape and allowing that to become whatever it wants to be, a great orc tree or, or whatever. Um, I find that that analogy helpful. Excellent. Tom, what would you say helps or hinders you?
3: Um, I think the the thing that hinders me is probably myself. Um, I, it's interesting hearing the whole imposter syndrome um, thing going around this morning. That's definitely a big part of my personal story with creativity. Um, and uh, comparison is a really hard thing when it comes to creativity, um, to try and not think of, oh, well, someone else could do it better, or oh, that was way way cooler than anything I could ever do, and trying not to think of it that way. I think early on in my creativity, um, I tend to replicate a lot, um, and struggled feeling original within what I did, and realizing that that's art. In general for people um, so the thing that really helps me out of that process is encouragement from people um, I know that's not for everyone but um, it's the analogy I th- that comes to mind is if you live on a picturesque mountainside and you've got an amazing view you do get used to that view that's that's your view and actually having people come up beside you and going no that's something special is um is really encouraging so, yeah um, what helps
4: me is collaborators. I love um, being with like-minded people in the collaborative space and just bouncing off each other. And um, God's given us all kinds of gifts and skills, but when you um, collaborate with other people, um, you you go to places where you would never have thought of before. So I, I love the collaborating with other people. Um, and then the other thing that helps me is just uh, discipline of you often, like Neil would say, get the seed of an idea. And then for me, creativity is uh, uh, sometimes a slog, sometimes a joy. And there, there's a there's a famous graph where um, there's, there's been doing the rounds on the Internet for, for years where it's you, you start at the place of this is the greatest idea in the world. And then it gradually, as you go on in the it gets to the bottom axis. This is the worst idea that I've ever had. And then it gradually ends up somewhere in sort of reality, which is, this is a good idea, and I think I should pursue it, and I'm glad I did. So tenacity and um, collaborators.
0: Fabulous, great. And Neil, what would you say in terms of your experience of God and the creative process, uh, what's, what's stood out for you on that?
5: Yeah, it's a really interesting question. <laughs> Um, So I think one of the things that uh, I think I've always found that when I play the piano or the keyboard that the actual movement of chords and the sound of chords has always fascinated me and sometimes it's like I'll play and it's just I'm just playing and meddling around and stuff like that but sometimes it's like I'm aware that the Holy Spirit is present and something is happening. (laughs) And, um, and you know, the Holy Spirit comes to us as comforter, as, as consoler, as joy. And it's almost as though, like, I'm giving birth to those things through the sounds that I'm weaving together. <laughs> um, and I think of one particular song that I wrote a little while back called Dwell. And we were going through quite a hard time and... Um, these these chords came to me, this malady came to me, and it was, it was almost like the Holy Spirit was consoling me in my grief and in my confusion. <laughs> but it gave shape to something which really ministered to me. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I think very much that d- doesn't always happen that way, but that's how God can interact with me in, in creativity. Tom?
3: Um, yeah it's very mixed um, I think within music it's definitely the same that, um, that feeling of just being aware of God's presence and being open to that um, and being aware that technique is just another word for vocabulary within that um, but then with, uh, with my work stuff that tends to be um, a very practical application of physically doing something every time uh, but knowing that God is normally in the finished product at that point, so it will be the conversation afterwards that he'll be in. Yeah. It will be in what people see of it, um, rather than um, having that same feeling of the Holy Spirit when I'm sanding some wood. It doesn't, it's not quite the same as if I'm playing something emotional. Um, yeah. So I think right. that's... Steve? Um, I don't
4: know how to answer this well, so I'll answer it poorly.
5: Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, I've been so privileged to be brought up in the community of faith, and both of my parents are Christians, so the water in which I've always swum is, I feel like, the presence of God recognized in the domestic, in in the, the professional sphere, at church, So I I feel like, um, I feel for me, uh, creativity is recognizing the presence of God already with me and the the fruition of the gifts that he has put there. Um, So, yeah, there's my half answer. That's a terrible answer, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But I think it's helpful for us because there are lots of creatives amongst us. Uh, what role does the church community have in terms of either inspiring you or encouraging you? Is that part of your journey? Because some of you are sort of, sort of hinting at that, and I just wonder what you feel about that. Steve, do you want to improve your answer? Yeah, we'll, we'll
4: see. Um, yeah, I, I think Tom touched on that earlier in terms of, I love that analogy you gave of, of looking, there's a beautiful view, and mm. Help other people help you realize. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So when when Tom Tom just makes a table and thinks it's a table, and I look at it and it's sort of this 18th century French oak with <laughs> what are they called cleats butterflies. butterflies in and like it's just this gorgeous thing. It's like yeah, it's a table. No, that that is a work of art right there. And I think again, recognizing um, the gift of God within us is the job of community. And so. Um, just in, in the band today, we were sort of recognizing a few things. Hey, you know, go with that. That's really good. Recognize that. Um, so I think I love community again for the collaborative thing, again, for calling out what you see, because often because of the imposter syndrome thing, we don't see ourselves well. Other people might see us a little bit more like God sees us. Yeah. Yeah,
3: mirroring that it's community over competition, Mm -hmm. um. That's always been a big part of my ethos for everything I've done, um, and yeah, it's our place to encourage others and to start calling those things out.
5: Yeah, I think people believing in us in this community has made a huge difference. And uh, I think back to when we first started doing this thing we call Proscapes. Maggie came to us, and um, Maggie Ellis, and and. Uh, said could you do this, I've got this idea for an installation for uh, Dreaming for God and could you make a soundtrack and so we did that and then Pete Gregg asked us to do something for 24-7 for uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer and then we did other things for the church and it was out of that that then we thought "Oh, we've got this thing, what shall we call it? <laughs> and so it, very much these things have kind of come out of us and even today now when we come to church and we hear what's been said and we we encounter the presence of God here our creativity is very much influenced by that and also the people who over the over the years have stood alongside us who have prayed for us who have prophesied over us who have held us in the hard times that makes that we are so grateful to God for that. You give a round of applause to these guys say
0: thank you very much. Thank you well done Okay. James.
6: on morning. Uh, a few of you know this uh, already, but I'm a, a professional wrestler. Um, <laughs> Actually, it's more of a vocation, really. Um <laughs> uh, I, I work in business. Uh we're a little this this sort of keeps the the the, the food on the table, uh, but we're really in the business of making people feel better. Um um in terms of what we do, we make boxes. I'm very good at making boxes and then as soon as I've made a boxes a box, I just break it. Um we're in the ideas business, really. Um, and more specifically, I work with artists, but not so much painters, more um, musicians, really. But I really hate this. It's just very rigid and formal, and uh, and frankly, I don't know what it is. So um, I like to think of music and sound and the things that we do um, a little bit more like uh, the things that are just carried on the air, the things that we share, the air that we breathe together, and how that moves and how that... How that moves us. Um, what that looks like, though, on a day to day, is just is uh, experimentation and failure and chaos and patience and regeneration and um, within that, there's the sort of the fighting against the sort of the self doubt and the apathy and the laziness and all these other. Uh, wonderful characteristics that make me so um, charming and uh, (laughs) desirable to be around and productive. (laughs) Um, Creativity charges rent. Um, But we do this in the context of hope and of love and of kindness. And as the founder of the tiny business that I'm responsible for, we... Curate that together. We and the people that I work with—it's a sort of—we uh, lead each other towards sort of well, towards love and kindness. It's a good thing to write about. Um, recently, um, I—I'll uh, t- just tell you a very brief story. Just a, a, a sort of uh, a situation I've been in recently um, with uh, Max and David, who was in Italy with Eleanor Marie. And we were on this Zoom call, and you know what Zoom calls are like by now. There's sort of one in 125 is a good one. Um, <laughs> but David Davide makes art, but uh, more like this, film art and, and a lot of sort of digital art. Um, and we were just talking through ideas, and he was just, it, it was electrifying, just the way that... They were sharing sort of him in Italy, Max in London, me actually upstairs up there uh, in in the office here. And the exchange of ideas was just wonderful, how something was being made from absolutely nothing. Um, And it it felt like holy fire. It just felt like there was just something of the essence of creativity, the essence of creation itself, the essence of what we would... uh, put God into um, if we were making or breaking boxes but and and that phrase holy fire reminded me of something we had a prophet amongst us quite a few years ago now called Dale Gentry if some of you would have been there and and he was just talking the prophet was putting the words out there and I had this idea for an event called holy fire and I saw the artwork I knew who was performing I was sat in I could take you to the seat in the auditorium that this event would be wonderful in. And it hasn't happened. I haven't done it. And there's a number of reasons why. But what has happened within that space that was created in my mind, my heart, my soul, whoever I am, the conversations around me has created space that has enabled me to extend and, and build elsewhere. So I just want to leave you with the idea that sort of the blossom always returns.
7: Thank you, James. I feel like we should have ended with that. I'm just going to try and not... um, I don't know about you and whether the thought of being creative immediately made you check out when we spoke this morning and you looked at all these amazing people doing all these wonderful things and thought, yeah, that's not me. Um, And I, I would naturally go to that. Even though there are things that I like doing that are creative, I naturally wouldn't always say I was a creative. Um so I looked up the dictionary definition because I'm a teacher um, the use of imagination or original ideas to create something. And when I thought about this, what I've loved listening to this morning is that each person said something which I'm now going to repeat, which will help you remember it. Um, and without even talking to them before, we are made in God's image. And he is a God full of creativity. And when we started talking about um, this Sunday and planning it and what what we wanted it to look like, I then heard a lecture by Dr. Lucy Pepiat. Now, I, hands up, could understand maybe 5% of what she said. It was on the doctrine of creation. I think I know a little bit more about that, but I'm not sure how much more I know about it. But there were some things that she said which really stuck and that stuck for more than 10 minutes, like three or four days, and then a week later, and then we were having these conversations. I was like, she said some things, and I can still remember them, and I think this is relevant. And so I'm going to share them with you, things that have already been kind of hinted towards, because I think it's really helpful to... um, Remember, God. we say that God is full of creativity, but do we really think about that in what it means for us as his creation? So the first thing was that the creation story showed us that God took his time. He probably could have clicked his fingers and the world was created and everything was perfect. But that isn't the story that we're told. The story was that it was a process that he added to it. He kept on adding bits more. And we've talked about this morning about this being a process. It doesn't have to be art perfectly finished straight away. You're allowed to take your time, just like God did. Two, God said it was good what he created. He was like, it is very good, which is amazing. He didn't say, it's perfect. I've got it absolutely spot on. And yet, when we go to sit down to try and do something creative, how often, if it's not perfect, are we a bit like, ah, oh, failed. And that's what Neve was sharing, which I just thought was so helpful. We create what we think should, it should look like for other people. But actually, God didn't go for perfect. So maybe we shouldn't either. Um, three, creation has a purpose. And that purpose is to glorify God. The things we create, the things that we produce, aren't for us. Again, like he was saying, it's not for other people to go, "Oh, wow, that's amazing." Actually, so much of what we can bring in our creativity is glory to God. In this amazing creation that He made, us included, were to bring Him glory. So taking the time and enjoying the process is allowed, not having an end product is allowed. It's part of a process of glorifying God. And then finally, um, God created creation and within it he sowed creativity and fruitfulness. It wasn't an end product and then the world was created and it stayed exactly like God had made it. He created trees that produce fruit he created humans who could create more humans. This, is, this, this isn't a static end part. God gave you things in your life which allow you to create. And it might not be an artwork, but every single day you are creating. You're creating conversations and you're creating time with your friends and your family. You're at work and you're waking. How to decide to share something or produce something or show something? It's not just about the art or the music. You are being creative because God has created you in his image, full of creativity. And that's why we don't all look the same and we don't all do the same things because we bring something of who we are into our lives. And we do that to glorify God. So we're gonna just take a moment to respond now. And I've got some questions um, which are going to appear. Because I want you to take just a couple of minutes before we sing another song. I want you to take a couple of minutes to really own this, that it's not just about artwork, and it's not also about stepping out and saying this, "Oh, that isn't my gift. God has made you to be creative. So where are you being creative? And where does God sit in that process, and maybe He needs to be more central in that process? What is God calling you to create? And like we were sharing with the guys up here sharing about the importance of community and how we cheer each other on. Are there people who you could create with or cheer you on in your creativity? Do we want people to talk to the next person next to them, Phil? Or do we just want them to? If you like to talk to the person next to you, you're allowed to. If you don't want to do that, you get your phone out and write some notes on the notes section to help you remember. But um, let, yeah, let's take a couple of minutes just to think about those questions.